collegiately speaking. Walks into the end zone. Punches to the end zone. This is Collegiately Speaking. With the voice of Northwestern football and basketball, Dave Ennett, and former Northwestern star quarterback, Dan Persa. It's Collegiately Speaking. Let's go. And welcome to this week's edition of Collegiately Speaking. Dave Ennett joined by former Wildcat quarterback Dan Persa. We're with you every week to talk about what's going on with the Northwestern Wildcats and hit some of the other high points around the Big Ten. This was certainly not a high point for the Wildcats this past Saturday out in Lincoln, Nebraska against the Cornhuskers, a 17-9 loss. One of those games where you just feel, Dan, like it's it's there for the taking. You just need to find a way to get the ball in the end zone. And uh, the Cats were coming away with field goals, not touchdowns, and that burned them in the end. Certainly a missed opportunity. Um, and I think, you know, in the Big Ten, especially on the road, there's only so many games that are right there for the taking. Uh, and you want to, they're in position to win and, and had a great start, especially on defense to the game. So, so very unfortunate they weren't able to, to get out of there with a win, which is, again, always tough on the road in the Big Ten. So when, when you're so close like that, it's hard to see those games that are so winnable slip away. They ended up uh, outgaining Nebraska in total offense. Uh, they, held Nebraska, which was one of the best, I think the second-ranked rushing team of the Big Ten going into the game, averaging 200 yards a game on the ground. They held them to 163, pretty much contained the quarterback, Harburg. He he made one run to set up a touchdown, uh, gave up a big uh, explosion play, in the fourth quarter, a long pass play, which has not been their problem this year. They really haven't done that. And just uh, a mix-up there that enabled the receiver to get wide open and Harburg was able to spot him. But the Wildcats' problems weren't on defense. They were on offense. And, uh, you know, you look at, at some of the numbers, 3 of 15 on third down in the game. Again, red zone trips, uh, they were three for three, but all three were were field goals. You need to replace those with touchdowns. And it was just a a frustrating day for them because I I think Nebraska's improved. There's no question about it. They're probably going to find their way into a bowl game. They've put themselves in the mix in the Big Ten West, which, quite frankly, everybody's in the mix right now. But uh, it's a game there in front of 90,000 people. You got a chance to win there, and they just couldn't quite get it done. Yeah, again, the game is is one, you know, turnover battle, right? They Northwestern wins that by one. Third downs, three for 15 isn't going to get it done, and you got to score touchdowns, right? Especially when you have big opportunities presented to you from the defense with those those two interceptions on really short fields early in the game. So, you know, once those opportunities slipped away, it was kind of a not a great sign for, for the Northwestern team in offense. And then on offense, I, I just think there's still a lot to be desired. Sullivan doesn't look super comfortable, um, certainly not as comfortable throwing the ball as, as Ben Bryant. And I think there's, there's things that you know the offense coordinator coach Bajakian can do to just relieve some pressure on that offensive line which is struggling I mean there's there's no buts about it they've they've struggled a lot giving up a ton of sacks um, but I think there's just there's other ways to to get Brendan a little bit more comfortable whether it's moving the pocket or easy throws early in the game to get him uh, his confidence up which in my opinion seems seems like he's he's still pressing or is a little nervous early in the games with drop snaps or errant throws and once he settles in he's he's making plays here and there but I think you can't 
not not be in, in the mode for a quarter and then expect to win, especially in the Big Ten on the, on the road. You know, it seems like the last few games, a problem that's cropped up has been penalties. Uh, eight for seventy five in the game on on Saturday, and uh, you know that that hurts because you've you've got some things going. You had a couple opportunities there, a long pass play to Bryce Kurtz, sixty uh, six yard pass. It got you down there. Big run by uh, Trey Tyus to put you into scoring range, and uh, didn't quite get that done. And uh, you know, well. We'll see what happens this week. It's a good Maryland team coming in here, uh, although the Terrapins have lost their last two games. And it's kind of a rarity that for the second week in a row, uh, the Cats are going to face a team coming off their bye week. It doesn't happen very often. Now, last week, both teams were coming off byes, which, which again, is kind of unusual. But now here comes Maryland after losing back-to-back games. They come in to Ryan Field on Saturday. Well, a guy who is... Uh, certainly been a bright spot throughout his time in Evanston is uh, the running back co-captain of the Wildcats number four out of Cincinnati Ohio Cam Porter and Cam's been kind enough to jump on with us for a few minutes here Cam Dave Ennett Dan Persa uh, thanks for taking some time out how you doing today I'm doing outstanding guys thank you guys for having me you bet well uh, you might have heard the tail end of uh, our comments about the game on Saturday in Nebraska. I know you want to look ahead, but from from your standpoint, how much frustration is there offensively when you're you're able to move the ball and you come off the field, you're not able to get in the end zone and have to settle for field goals? Um, yeah, definitely um, frustrating. You know what I mean? Because you know we we put a lot of work in during the weeks, um, and to come up short like that is is tough. Um, you know, everybody feels that way throughout the program. Um, I mean, we we watched the film. We've we've learned from the film. You know what I mean. And, and now it's kind of like you said, on to Maryland. But you know, uh, we got to give you know um, Nebraska their respect. You know what I mean. They came out to play, um, and and they 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 brought their fan base was was very strong. You know what I mean. And, and they played a really good game. So all respect to them. But like you said, we're on to Maryland, even though it was a, a difficult loss. Yeah, their fan base is something else out there. As you know, you've played out there, uh, well, I guess two years ago, you didn't play. You saw them in Dublin, though, last year uh, to start the season. That was a game you came back for. But, uh, yeah, 90,000, and they're loud. How much of a problem is that for you, The just the noise? And I, I know you prepare for it. You're pumping noise in during the week in practice. But how much of a problem is that on game day? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely difficult, you know what I mean? I mean, coach prepares us um, with it throughout the week, and he does a great job of that. But, you know, when you when you get in the arena and, and they've made, you know, some different adjustments over their bye week, um, communication can get a little difficult and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just, just kudos to them, you know what I mean? They they make good adjustments, and they, they their fan base definitely did their job. Cam, Dan Persa here. Thanks again for, for joining us. First of all, um, you know, obviously we, we saw you had a great, great first year at, at Northwestern. Did you, did you end up playing in that, that Maryland game in 2020? I can't remember. Yes. Um, I got in towards the tail end. Um, right. right. We started for a little bit. I had a, a nice little run on the sideline, which was kind of like my first carry. So, um, I remember it vividly. How, uh, how is your knee feeling? Obviously the, the second year got cut short. Um, but how is, how is your knee feeling and how's your health overall? Um, it's definitely holding up, you know what I mean? Um, I have to give, you know, um, love and respect to our training staff. They do a great job of taking care of us um, and just staying on top of all the little nicks and, nicks that you, nicks and bruises you get throughout the year. So um, it's, it's holding up strong and I'm feeling good. Great. Cam, it's been 
it's been great following your career, and it, it started in that that game against Maryland, that that twenty twenty season, um, and you end up starting in the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State, scored a touchdown in that game, went on to carry thirty three times in the Citrus Bowl and the win over Auburn, and yet that that season in some respects had to be so strange for uh, somebody just coming onto the scene in college football because you're playing in empty stadiums. It was the COVID right. year. What was that whole experience like for you? It was very unique, to say the least. You know what I mean? Um, and just not even football, just life in general. You know what I mean? It was it was definitely um, – it was my first time away from Cincinnati. You know what I mean? And, and now I'm in, I'm in Evanston playing college football um, with the pandemic going on. So it was a lot to adjust to. Um, but I just um, – appreciate the older guys that were that were here that that took me um under their wing and was able to you know help me maneuver through um all the difficult times and all the trying and challenging uh things that we were we were going through up here during that COVID year but um like like you said I mean it ended up working out well for us you know what I mean we ended up finishing Big Ten West champs and uh Big Ten champs you know so um it was it was definitely a great year for the Cats. And Cam, now that you're you are one of those older guys, and and you have a, a younger, less experienced player and at quarterback, what what are you what are you doing during the week and during the game to kind of bring Brendan along as as he's getting up to speed on the offense and and what what is some improving things that he can do you know going forward to to get you guys in a better groove offensively? Um, yeah, I think honestly, just communication is key. You know what I mean? We're talking 24-7. Me and Brendan are, are actually really good friends. So, um, you know, he's texting me at, you know, 8, 8, 8.30 at night, you know what I mean, talking about, you know, different protections and what he sees, what I see, you know what I mean. So um, we've really been honing in on that, you know what I mean. Communication is everything because if we're playing, you know, as 11 is 1, um, we can see a lot of success on the, on the field. From a, uh, a leadership standpoint on this team, I, I look at you guys. I, I had the privilege of emceeing the – the homecoming luncheon a couple of weeks ago and the you and the other captains were there it's, i mean this is an impressive group yourself and and coco ozima josh prebe um bryce gallagher of course and and charlie mangieri and i wonder what what your message is to the younger guys who are coming up behind you here in this program after all let's face it a, a year of a lot of change at northwestern right um, you know what I mean? I think the the main message is to stay the course and trust the process. You know what I mean? Difficult times um, don't last forever. You know what I mean? And, and and if you keep your head down and you keep grinding, you're going to end up getting through it. You know what I mean? So um, that's what I'm always trying to tell, you know, younger guys, whether that's in my room or, or on the team in general. You know what I mean? Hard times don't last. Hard people do. Right. Um, so. Uh, we, I really, you know, they, they, they usually listen to me, you know what I mean, most of the guys. So um, I'm just thankful to be in the position I'm in that I'm able to, you know, help them. You know what I mean? I've, I've been through a lot, so I feel as if it's only right for me to, you know, pass that on to younger guys. That's well said. That's well, I would listen to you, Cam, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so Saturday, the Terrapins, you saw my, that was uh, – uh, uh, Talia's first start at quarterback, Tunga Vailoa, for Maryland after he had transferred in from Alabama. And uh, th- that was a, a dominant performance by the Cats that night, a 43-3. to He's come a long way, too. He's had quite a career there at Maryland, over 10,000 yards of total offense in his career now. And so uh, this seems like a game where you're really going to need to run the football 
try to mm-hmm. control the clock. I know that's always a goal, but how important right. is it for you this week? Oh, yes. I mean, it's definitely needed. You know what I mean? That's definitely necessary. Um, I think we got a really good game plan going into this week um, that, you know, we're trying to um, expose some some different weak points. I'm not going to get into too many details, but um, expose some of the things that we can, you know, um, have success on here on Saturday. So um, I think we're excited to get after it. The guys are ready. You know what I mean? Coming off of a tough loss, you know, that that chip is is on your shoulder a little bit. and You're ready, you know what I mean, to right the ship. So, I think we're definitely excited, ready to go, and it's going to be a great game on Saturday. You know, it's it's crazy. You look at the Big Ten West, and uh, it's it's there for anybody right now, right. right? I mean, and you guys are bright. I mean, you don't – it doesn't take a lot of math to figure this out, that you kind of control your path right. just like Nebraska does, just like Illinois does. Everybody, if you win, you're going to be right there come Thanksgiving right. weekend, Right. Exactly, 100%. We know that everything is still right in front of us, um, you know what I mean? And that's why we're continuing to put in the work, you know what I mean? We're trying not to take any days off, any moments off. So we're definitely definitely in our mind. Hey, Cam, we really appreciate your time. Best of luck this week and the rest of the season. And, uh, again, thanks for taking time out and jumping on with us on Collegiately Speaking. No problem at all. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That's Cam Porter, number four for the Wildcats. And uh, – Tell you what, he's. You go back and look at what he he did as a freshman prior to his injury. Uh, three hundred one yards rushing in the last three games that season. Uh, hundred forty some, uh, I think one forty two against Illinois, and then uh, starting in the Big Ten championship game, and then he was a workhorse against Auburn. If you remember that uh, Citrus Bowl game when the Cats won. 33 carries. I think that's still his career high. And then he came back, his first game back uh, last year was the game in Dublin. He ran for 94 yards. He's a fun guy to watch. I think he brings a ton of energy, a ton of tenacity. Um, you know, that, that freshman season was, was pretty special. Um, you know, no COVID and the pandemic notwithstanding. Um, but he was, he was a, a breath of fresh air. I'm trying to remember what game that year he really came on because it wasn't right away. I think obviously. it was Illinois. It was Illinois late in the year. Well, I think he had a couple along the way. Right. But, uh, especially that, that Illinois game. Yeah, he was he was just fun to watch, and I think he brought so much energy to the offense and an attitude that that they really you know fed off of. Um, so it's it's great to see him healthy. I wish they, the offensive line could open up a few more holes to get him loose a little bit more. But he seems healthy. He's you know bigger and stronger, and, and clearly a lot more mature than than his freshman year. Not not to say he wasn't, but everybody is three years later as a senior. And last year when he was coming back. Uh Evan Hull also was having his big year, so they were splitting the carries more. This year, uh, Cam leads the Wildcats in, in rushing attempts, but uh, you look at some other guys who've gotten a lot of carries lately. Anthony Tyus Third has uh, really, I think, been playing as well as we've seen him in his Northwestern career running the football. I mean, he had a big, I think it was a 39-yard run last week uh, down to the Nebraska 30, 31-yard line. And uh, he's a guy who seems to have a burst of speed there. When he gets in the open field, he did – they did run him down last week, but that was uh, still the longest run of his career, and I think a really encouraging sign. Then you got the the freshman um, uh, uh, Caleb, and you've got the uh, sophomore and uh, Joseph Hyman, 
who has really shown some flashes, had that 85-yard touchdown catch earlier this year. So uh, they have some depth in that running back room. Yeah, I think it's in, it's been impressive to see Tyus uh, get in there and play so well. I think he's he's just such a different runner. He's a really big guy, and he's a long strider, and you don't realize how how fast he is and and, and how well he moves um, because he's taking such big strides. Um, but it's he's a he's another force to be reckoned with. So I think the more that they can you know get the get the ball in those guys' hands and and you know take some pressure off the quarterback position and establish the runs, going to be really important for the offense. So Maryland this week. Uh, then the game at Wrigley Field against Iowa, which, by the way, if you have not heard, will be a 2.30 kickoff at Wrigley a week from Saturday. That's followed by a trip up to Camp Randall. Right now, Wisconsin looks like uh, they they might be a team after they rallied against Illinois, uh, bouncing back nicely for them after that loss to Iowa. But, but every team has had a game in which they've stubbed their toe uh, maybe more than once, or they've they've stubbed somebody else's toe along the way, and and that's what gives you hope. I mean, sure, you'd like to be sitting here if you're Northwestern, you'd like to be sitting here four and three rather than three and four. You'd rather be five and two for that matter. But at least if you're in this position and knowing what you have ahead of you, you still can can take that and and make a move. So Dan, what's what's the recipe for Northwestern to do that? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's it starts, and obviously I'm biased, but it, I think it starts and stops with the quarterback position right now. You got to get somebody in there, whether it's Brennan or somebody else, that that provides some stability and and some playmaking ability. Um, I think Brennan's first start last year was against Maryland, right? I believe so. Yes, it was. Yeah, and yes, he, it was. And I thought he played pretty he well. Did he did play well. He had, you know, he looked confident out there. He was running around, making plays. He had, a, he had a couple of late mistakes that that hurt them with an interception. But I think he he just if he is the guy, he needs to harness that you know uh, ability to just cut it loose. He looks like he's holding back a little bit. Um, so just you know, getting some some stability on offense, a little bit more balance, a better passing game, and, and hopefully Ben Bryant can get back in the lineup sooner and later. But I'm not sure that that's the case over the next week or so. Um, I think the defense is playing well enough to win, right? I think they're playing really well. They're playing sound defense, very fundamental. They're keeping them in every game for the most part. Um, so they're they're doing their part. It's really just been the offense, and it's a similar story that we've heard, unfortunately, for the past however many years now. Um, so hopefully they can get it going. Yeah, you know, one thing we should point out, uh, Sullivan started last year against Maryland. Maryland did not have Tungo Vailoa for that game. That's he right. sat out, and their backup, Billy Edwards Jr., played instead and uh, Roman Hemby the running back had a big game Evan Hall had a big game for Northwestern but uh, Cats came up seven points short all right we'll see what happens in that one what did you make of the end of the Iowa Minnesota game on Saturday and the the call on uh, Cooper DeGene's uh, punt return that was wiped out by the uh, invalid fair catch signal yeah, I mean, I think it's the the way I read the rule and the way it's explained to me. Obviously, I'm not a lawyer and I didn't go through everything, but it's it was the right call, unfortunately, and nobody really wants to hear that, right? Everybody looks at it and say, "Oh, it wasn't above his shoulder. He didn't do anything." Um, but my understanding of the rule is, if you do any hand motion, um, especially you know, kind of crossing it out, saying it's a dead ball, you can't advance it past that. And you know, I think there's a little bit of a subjective opinion on whether he did that with one arm or two arms. But I think, you know, he did enough to make it close and, you know, officials are going to call that, right? So I think while Iowa fans don't want to hear that and the casual fan doesn't want to hear that and wants to debate it, I think it's a pretty clear cut. If you think he's doing something with his arms, which he clearly is, that it was the right call, unfortunately, because it was a great run and it would have been a great ending for Iowa. Yeah, Iowa 
sitting there now in the Big Ten at three and two, at six and two overall. They're already bowl eligible, and uh, they've got Rutgers coming up this uh, the, the week after they play Northwestern. They have a bye this weekend, so that's going to be three straight opponents <laughs> for the Wildcats who are, will be coming off Great. buys coming in. Yeah, you know, sometimes I guess it it helps you. Sometimes I mean it can work both ways, but more often than not team gets an extra week to prepare it's a big advantage for them yeah i would always like two weeks to prepare for somebody and and be in a hot tub or a cold tub instead of playing on a saturday right Right. uh so that's one of the games this uh this week along with the cats in maryland indiana playing at penn state penn state and maryland play the the week the following week which you know i i think if there were such a thing as a trap game for Maryland, maybe this is it because they got Penn State coming into College Park a week from Saturday. Uh, Michigan State playing at Minnesota this week. Uh, Purdue playing at Nebraska. That's homecoming out there. And then uh, the primetime game is Ohio State at Wisconsin, which will be an interesting game. Yeah, it'll be very interesting because Wisconsin, while you know, early in the season played Washington State, which was a, a good team, um, it'll be a you know kind of their first Big Ten test, quote unquote, and also a, a reunion for Luke Fickle. That's true. You know, yeah. so uh, maybe uh, maybe some some emotions involved in that one as well. Speaking of emotions, it's time for Super Joe's prediction of the week here it is prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future super joe's predictions thanks guys a tough beat for your boy over the weekend illinois not only was covering they were winning outright until the badgers snaked away with 27 seconds left but we're over it i think the card isn't as great this week but let's see what we've got James Franklin cannot be happy about the way his offense performed in the horseshoe on Saturday, scoring just 12 points, and their only touchdown came with 30 seconds left in the game. They host Indiana in a get-right spot on Saturday at 11 on CBS. But we're going to focus in here on not just a total, not just a team total, but a first-half team total, which our pals in Vegas have set at 21.5 for Penn State. The Hoosiers rank second-to-last in the Big Ten in points allowed and total defense take a lot of damage on the ground over 174 yards per game is worse than the conference i think penn state scores those three touchdowns and then some in the first half to cover this number back to you all right super joe thanks can't argue with his reasoning on that one yeah it makes sense but he's he's the numbers guy not me (laughs) he is um okay so it's the cats and the terps on saturday 11 a.m kickoff at Ryan Field. We'll see if Northwestern can get back to 500 and uh, even up their Big Ten record or, or get to two and three in the in the conference. And uh, it'll be an interesting game. I'm I'm anxious to see Maryland's a good team. Anxious to see how they do. And you know, a lot of people look at them as kind of being that that fourth team in the Big Ten East, which I think is a fair assessment. Uh, there may be a, a tick below the top three. And maybe Penn State's a tick below the top two. But still, yeah, I think they're pretty good, and it's going to be a very tough assignment for the Cats. They're a great team, and I think it's a great, very well-coached team with Coach Loxley. And then, as you mentioned, uh, Talia's 
playing very well. Uh, they had two tough losses than a bye, but he's playing really well. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten, so uh, our back seven better be up to it. All right, we'll see. We'll see you out there on Saturday. Many thanks to Cam Porter for jumping on with us today. Thanks to Super Joe for his predictions. And Jack Heinrich, our producer, I'm Dave Ennett for Dan Persa. Thanks for joining us this week on Collegiately Speaking.